All right, to begin uh, with the second paragraph under purpose. So we'll be, um, last week we, we talked a little bit about managing God's gift of people, vocation. We talked about Luther and the Reformation as well and how God used him, how God used the prophets and the apostles, as well as how God uses pastors today to proclaim that word, how God uses us in service to others uh, before that. We, uh, we looked at God's gift of the world and the things in the world and the like. All that is, all is a gift from God. In the second paragraph, then, under purpose, we discuss managing God's gift of time in our work and in our relaxation. God gives all of us the very same 24 hours in a day and the same 365 days in a year. Rhetorical question, how can we manage our time to glorify God and serve our neighbors in our daily vocations? How can we escape the pressures of overloaded schedules and guard against self-centeredly wasting our time? We live by the grace of God as he sanctifies our time with his word and prayer. Let us pray. Almighty Father, your Son, Jesus Christ, shared in our toil and hallowed our labor. Be with your people where they work, rest, and play. Give us pride in serving you and our neighbors in our many labors. And give us times of refreshment and peace in the course of this busy life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right. uh, We're making another reference to the creation with the introduction, or at least a reference is made to the creation, God designed us to work for six days and then to rest on the seventh day. And what's amazing is, you know, some might say, well, work is evil, E-V-I-L. But think about this for a moment. When God created man, he placed him in the garden to do what? To take care of the ground, to work it. And this was before the fall. Work was pleasing not only to God, but also to man. Now, things have changed, of course, since the fall. But God has given uh, work for six days and then to rest on the seventh day. Notice how he blessed and sanctified the seventh day. And just recently, someone had commented that or it reminded me, I should say, that, you know, the Seventh-day Adventists, they say you have to worship on Saturday, Saturday right? Um, and to commit, or to worship on Sunday is committing a sin. But again, where is that found in the Bible? Um, and my response briefly uh, to this individual was, was a reminder, and they knew this, a reminder of what Paul says in Colossians chapter 2. Let no one judge you in new moons, feasts, or festivals, or Sabbaths, because these are a substance of that which is to come, which is Christ. All right, so, and we know this in, in terms of day, in terms of time, that the early Christians began worshiping not on Saturday only, but they began worshiping on Sunday, and do you know the reason why they did that? In remembrance of the resurrection. In celebration of uh, Christ's resurrection from the dead, which of course took place on Sunday, sometimes referred to as the eighth day. Because, uh, you know, unlike our work week, which begins on Monday, the, the technically the work begins on Sunday, right? Um, so on, on that day we rest, but the seventh day was not uh, a time for the Israelites to be lazy, but rather to hear the word, right? Um, so, and then it was uh, in, in I, I think, before Jesus' day, probably in uh, between the Testaments, especially between the Old and New Testaments, where the rabbis actually began putting stipulations in terms of how much work could be done, you know, how many steps could be taken and the like before breaking the Sabbath, right? 
but we know Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath, so things were changed quite a bit, quite significantly. And then, of course, you know, when we're talking about the Word, it's not our interpretation, it's not man's interpretation of the Word that determines what is law and what is not. It's what God actually says uh, that determines um, God's will. He wants us to work, continuing in the introduction, he wants us to work, but not overwork. He also wants us to rest, but not be lazy. It almost seems like there's somewhat of a balance here. Not too much, not too little. Is is alcohol bad for you? It can be, yeah, it can be. Okay, how about if I ask this, um, or maybe just make this statement here. Does the, or ask, does God command it that we not drink alcohol? What does God forbid concerning the drinking of alcohol? Okay. Does God forbid the eating of food? We kind of need that, right? What does God forbid concerning food? Gluttony. Gluttony. Yeah. So then the question is how much is too much? Whether it be of food or of alcohol. Is it going to be the same for everybody? Remember uh, the account, I, I, I made reference to this, I, I think, yesterday too, and, uh, and the like, but when the children of Israel, the sons of Israel, were wandering through the wilderness and God fed them with manna, do you remember how much everybody took? Just enough. Yeah, that's a good answer, because it's right. Yeah, just enough, but not, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, across the lines equal among different people, right? I mean, there are larger people, there are smaller people, there are taller people, there are shorter people. You know, the amount of food that is needed by each is different, right? So it wasn't the same all across the board. But what's, a most, what, what's amazing about the, uh, the, the partaking of the manna, remember, in six days they were to collect the manna. And the seventh day was the Sabbath day, and they were not to collect on that day. Right? They were commanded on the sixth day to collect twice as much. Yeah. Collect twice as much that they individually or familially needed. And think about this. On Saturday, or I should say on Friday, because the Sabbath is Saturday, on Friday they collected twice as much, and on Saturday, the Sabbath, the manna was still good. If they try to do the same thing on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, the manna went bad. That's not a mere coincidence. But each one took sufficiently as they had need. And with reference to the time, does anyone have more than 24 hours in a day? Today? (laughs) Do we? Yeah, there, there was discussion about freedom. Um, and, and that's, a, you know, we, 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 think, we might think about things. We might think, um, you know, certainly of, of God's grace in Christ, but how far does that extend? Is that only with reference to salvation? Is it only with reference to uh, eternal life, the forgiveness of sins, peace with God that we have, freely given on behalf of God's love in and through Christ Jesus. How far does that extend? Everything. Okay. In moderation. Yeah. And that also includes, of course, time. And how we use time as well. Uh, a quote from Luther. All human works and efforts have a certain and definite time of acting, of beginning, and of ending, beyond human control. It is not up to us to prescribe the time, the manner, or the effect of the things that are to be done. And so it is obvious that here our strivings and efforts are unreliable. Everything comes and goes at the time that God has appointed. He proves this on the basis of examples of human works whose times lie outside the choice of man. As we manage God's gift of time, we rely on his good and gracious will for us in our work and in our rest. Um, 
You know, oftentimes, what do we think of when someone speaks of time management or using time wisely? How much are you going to be able to get done? Right. How fast can you do it? Yeah. Years ago, they used to have something. I, I remember taking a, a, a actually a study skills class in college, um, and and it was it was helpful. But one of the things they talked about was you know if you have you know like especially if you're in school, you have certain priorities, certain work you know that needs to be done by a certain time, projects and the like. So you'd have like an A file, you recall this, an A file, a B file, a C file, kind of thing. A was the top priority. You had to get these things done. B, you needed to get done, but you had more time. And C, when you get to it, you know, kind of thing. Um, Only when the chief is screaming with the bottom drawers. <laughs> yeah, and, and we might think about, and you could, you could certainly expand that too. Um, one of the practices I have is, is to make a list of things that need to be done. Sometimes I even put times down. I mean, if you have appointments and, and things like that. Um, we manage our time. You know, we do that in different ways, but ultimately, have you noticed that even though you plan and schedule something, not always, but, but often something kind of, quote, gets in the way, right? And, and these, these things that get in the way, as we might call them, are necessary for our attention. Um, you know, perhaps they're not getting in the way, but... Um, you know, ways of, of uh, revealing or, or illustrating to us that time is not really ours to manage entirely. In other words, you know, thinking of this uh, gift of time, I mean, who gives it? And we could say the same thing. Last week we, we spoke about vocations. Who gives us the responsibilities, who gives us the gifts and the abilities to do as God would have us use for the benefit of others. And I, I, I think this is one of the one of the trials, especially in our age, because you know there's many who want to do certain things, but they have no gift or ability for it. So you ask the question, why do they want to do that? You know, I, I, I've spoken with some college students uh, before, and when it comes to work, and you can probably guess the answer. What is one of the number one priorities of finding a job? Well, I guess assuming that they find a job or that they have a job. To make money. To make money, right? What about the question, okay, how can I best serve my neighbor with the gifts and the abilities that I have been given? I think that's a, 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 a quite a bit more significant of a question. I remember talking with a student. Um, he, I think, he was graduating that year, and I was just asking him, "So, do you, you know, have you, have you had an offer for employment and stuff?" And he said, "Yeah." And uh, then I, I think he was starting off at uh, seventy thousand. Just graduated out of college plus commission. And it's like, wow. <laughs> you know. Um, and others, you know, I mean, there, there, there's those with, uh, you know, high, high-paying jobs. And the, and the like, but uh, is that where true contentment is found? Um, I forget where it was that I, I was hearing this, uh, an example anyway, that you know someone was making uh, lots of money, but I, I think it had to do with satisfaction on the job of sorts. And uh, you know they would work and work and work, but the time was not theirs. And yet, so that was that was contrasted with those who, uh, you know, who kind of did what they enjoyed doing, and they had a family, they had time to spend with family and the like, and they were more content, you know, and the like. What does that have to do with time? Just uh, with, with reference to, you know, God gives us the same time, but to do with that time what God would give us to do, that's another question. And I think this is one of the things that, I know I continue to struggle with, and, and perhaps you do too, and just in terms of what does God want me to do now? You know, what, how am I best using my time? That it's not too much or too little this way or that way. Kind of similar with eating, right? We don't want to eat too much, 
Um, but what happens if you eat too little? You might lose weight, right? But there might be some other consequences as well. If you drink too much, that's bad. Um, and I'm te- speaking of alcohol. But if you refrain from alcohol entirely because, because one believes that God has forbidden the drinking of alcohol, that's another issue. Um, what about time? And that's kind of what we're talking about today. Um, open your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, please. Um, we, we, has there ever been a study on Ecclesiastes here? Yes. Oh, there has. Okay. All right. So you guys know all the answers? No. No, okay. All right. How long ago was that? A year ago? It wasn't that long. Yeah, I know. I let it. It's been about a little over a year ago. Oh, okay. So vanity of vanities, all is vanity, right? Yep. So let's just close shop and go home. <laughs> that That's not, by the way, the theme of the book, right? Vanity of vanities, yes, if there is no God, right? Um, you know, for those who, who have, uh, who, who do not believe, it is truly vain because all that they do in this life will be forgotten. And, uh, you know, the, the, the writer to the Ecclesiastes, you know, comments too that, you know, this is a, a tragedy on earth under heaven that one works and works and works, and then it's given, you know, what they work for is, is just given to anyone. You know, and they, by the way, end up dying anyway. Right? Um, but we, we, we did notice that, you know, regardless of what we did, we all, death comes to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the, the theme of the book is, yeah, vanity without God. But with God, you know, and this is uh, concluded in the uh, in the twelfth chapter, you know, um, basically a summation, you know, to serve God and keep His commandments. Well, how does one do that? Of course, by faith, right? You know, so so it, it, it's speaking of the emptiness of uh, of of not having not having the Lord. Uh, speaking of uh, Ecclesiastes chapter three. Now, some of you. Um, May recall uh, this particular chapter in particular. Um, I, I was struck uh, by this, and I'm not sure exactly when it was recorded. Some of you might be able to help me out here. Um, I'm thinking it was the 60s or the 70s when the birds. Okay. Yeah. Um, they actually song, sang this. Song this. They sang this. Um, you know, for everything, there's a season. Turn, turn, turn. You can check it out on YouTube. It's there with the words too, which which is amazing because it's directly from uh, a good portion of it is directly from Ecclesiastes. I might still have the record somewhere, but I don't know. I think my brother has all that. Can you bring it in? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Is that a thirty-five or forty-five record? Okay, a forty-five is the big one, right? Thirty-three. Okay. Because I, I remember my mom had a whole bunch of records when she grew up, and she had a record player. It played 33s and 45s, which was kind of cool. I don't even um, know if they still make them like that anymore. Yeah. They probably don't make them like that. Um, but but now they, I, I think they do make them, right? Yeah, yeah vinyl's, but they're, vinyl's making a comeback. Yeah, but I, I think they're digitized too, right? Or they can be. Well, back in the day, way back in the day, you had 33 and a third, 45, 78. Oh, yeah. yeah. 16. Records have a quality to them that you can't replicate. You can't replicate digitally. Depends on how they're recorded. There's a, there's a depth there that. Yeah. Another dimension. Somebody yeah. Yeah. Yep. True audio files. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. A lot of your old time radio shows were on records. But when you listen to them, you can hear the cracks and pops. Word for an hour was. Yeah. You hear the crackles and pops when you hear an old one. Thank you, Brother Records. Is everybody at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 now? Okay. Uh, just checking, just checking. What chapter? Chapter Trace. All right, um, Sonia, could you begin us off with uh, verse 1, and we'll read, uh, each take a verse, we'll read to verse 8. In everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under the heaven. 
time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter uh, stories and a time to gather, a time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear, a time to sow, a time to silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of Okay, so there you have the birds, turn, 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 right? Actually, this is scripture, not the birds. Literally. Um, it's nice that they, that they actually, I don't know, if any, does anybody do that nowadays? Get into the Bible and, and actually... You mean like secular songwriters? Yeah. Uh, not, not too much. I, I know that there are some um, that do, but their slant... Really comes through, yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there was a. I, I don't know. I can't say it was popular, but it was on the radio, um, and and this was probably in the. I, I'm gonna guess the 90s. It could have been later. It could have been earlier. Um, but the. T- I, I and I don't even know if I'm getting the the, the title right, but uh, one of the refrains was, "What if God was one of us?" Yes, Joan Osborne. Okay, you know. <laughs> so, um, and, and I, I would sometimes argue with a song. I mean, I like the melody and, and so on and so forth. And I said, he was, he is. <laughs> you, know, you know, God and man in one person, Jesus Christ. Um, but that's something that fails to come across, of course, in the song. Yeah. You know, and, and there's other ones. Um, oh, who's, um, I can't remember her name now. Uh, she's a she's a popular a, a popular singer, um, but but you know she sings God is a woman. Yeah, Ariana Grande. Yeah, yeah. and that, I I just have to change the channel when I yeah. hear that. <laughs> so it, it's but it's it, it's terrible just people's ideas these days. Um, but uh, yeah, a time for everything is the title or the subtitle of of this section of Ecclesiastes chapter three. Who gives the seasons for everything and the time for every matter under heaven? So for everything there is a season and a time for every matter or every purpose under heaven. Who gives that, by the way? How easy is that to forget? Really Take advantage of it, yeah. I mean, you know, think, think about this. Um, when all is going well, do we, do we really, you know... Pay close attention to to ourselves. Um, I, I guess you know it's it's partly the human condition. I think, if not more fully and 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 completely, to kind of think that we are the ones in control. So if things are going well, we kind of take things for granted. Or am I wrong here? We we take things for granted, but the moment uh, you know we we stub a toe. Mm. Or we hurt ourselves, or we have to go to the hospital. That changes everything, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, we take credit yeah. for what we do rather than giving God the mm-hmm. yeah. glory. Right. What you're saying is prayer should be a first resort and not a last resort. True. Well, that's not what I said, but yes, you're right. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Prayer should just be continuous. Yeah. yeah. You know, recognizing, I, I guess, who's who we are, uh, but maybe more significantly, whose we are. Oh, yeah, that's nice. And not only partially, but fully. You know, that doesn't mean that, uh, you know, um, there's not time for relaxing or, quote, taking a break, um, to be sure. But, uh, but it's, you know, time is not just about us is it well that's a big discussion that's well that's what we're here there is quite a bit of point to that but i mean the thing is is we, we look at what christ said in the wilderness you know that man does not live by bread alone right 
You know, yeah. I think that you know that applies to to time as well. You know, I mean, to me, Christ was really speaking. You know, that you know the things that we consider most important are not always what you know. Yeah. You know, because you know when he said that, it, it, it's it's a little deeper. You know, I mean. We look at it as, you know, he was hungry at the time. I imagine he was probably hungry at 40 days, no food. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, is, you know, his answer is that, uh, to me, basically, is the fact that, you know, it's not the things that for the body that really matter, it's the things that for the mm-hmm. soul that are really Yeah. Truly. Yeah. And I mean, and, and as being in stewardship, I mean, we look at, we can, we can look at bread as manna, which you know, we can spend an hour on what is manna. Mm-hmm. But the thing about this is, you know, it's, it's all belongs to God at all. Right. You know, it, it, it all. And so time is, is pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what, what you know, again, I, I think I might have asked this question either last week or the week before, but what do we have that has not been given? There's nothing that's... Yeah. I mean, the, the old saying is, you know, we came into the world wearing nothing, and we're going yeah. to go out the same way. You know? Right. Well, and, and, you know, and maybe another way of asking the question, you know, what has God done for us in Christ that is not changed as a result of Him doing the doing? In other words, what, what you know, um, what, what of God, wait, let's see. Thinking how to say this. This must be a good one. <laughs> well, I, I, I hope so, but, you know, what do we have that God has not given us? Okay, that, so that was a question. But, um, you know, what, has, what do we have that God has not given us that changes everything that we do? In, in other words, God has given us His grace and His mercy in Christ Jesus. That's salvation, right? Forgiveness of sins, peace with God. How does that influence and affect all that we do, not just a part here? You know, so we, we are very good, I, I think, um, and this is probably a, we're, we're product of our society too in terms of partitioning how we live, right? So this is work, this is home, this is this, this is this. Um, but what God does in Christ extends into all of that. Right. You know, um, so so, you know, I asked the question a couple weeks ago, what do we often think of when we think of when we when someone says stewardship? Money. Money. Why is that? Because that's what usually when stewardship is. What was the comment from uh, Agnes about two weeks ago? Uh, they were talking about oh, I can't remember, but the punchline is. The stewardship put you, committee put you up to this, didn't they? And it was they were talk they were talking about time and money basically is what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. It, it was an older cartoon and I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Yeah. It, it, Usually a lot of times, you know, I mean stewardship that is money basically, but we don't you know, as a Christian that's probably probably is not one of the biggest things. That we probably think about when we say stewardship is money. Mm-hmm. I remember I got a friend who said that. He said I used to go to go to church, but when they passed the offering plate the third time, I thought, you know, there's something wrong with this picture here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I wonder if if part of it too is, um, I mean, it really is an expression. Speaking of money, I mean, that is an expression of you know, um, one's confidence in the Lord providing. It is, very much so. Um, but, but also it's time, how we use our time, you know, um, how we use our abilities and our gifts, yeah. the talents that God has given us. Oh, very important. Yeah, and I was a long time ago, as, as, as a young Christian, it was pointed out to me that, you know, if you need something done in the church, don't give it to somebody who's not doing anything. Give it to somebody who's already doing a whole lot because they'll figure out some way to get it squeezed into their schedule mm. somehow. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it, it's, uh, you know, though we compartmentalize, if I use that term, you know, it's the whole package, you know. Um, in, in, in fact, I'll ask it this way, how much of us has God redeemed? 
everything about us. Right? I mean, yes, we are saint and sinner, but that's no excuse to kind of keep going the other way when God says go this way. Right? Um, you know, one of the thoughts that I have concerning stewardship is, is uh, you know, uh, kind of a having a monetary emphasis is that's what we see. Yeah. Right? Uh, but how does one change from this to that? You know, it's, it's not about, you know, passing the offering plate around more times. Um, but rather getting to the heart of the matter, which is not the result, but the faith. I, I'm thinking here of, of James. I think it's James chapter 3, which, which or is it James chapter 2? I'm, I'm thinking it's James chapter 3, where... Where, where the writer said, where James writes that you know he who um, faith without works is dead, you know, and you've probably heard that in the context of Roman Catholicism, right? Hey, look right here. I mean, James writes that Abraham was justified by his works, and so by the way was Rahab justified by her works. We've got them now, right? You know that justification by grace through faith stuff. Mm-mm. That's not James. Have you heard that before? Well, Luther didn't like James. I know that. But he did accept it as part of the... But he missed the point. It's a both-and thing. You don't have one without the other. Well, and yeah, so looking closely or more closely at, at James then, I mean, faith, you know, when he says faith without works is dead... Um, he says uh, in, in James 2, even the demons believe and tremble, but they don't have saving faith. You know, uh, James says that if, if one has a problem with works, what is the problem? It's not the works. It's the faith. So if someone has the ability to give whatever that is, whether it be money, time, whatever, and they don't, what is the problem? It's the faith. And that's not something that you can dictate. That's something that God himself produces and strengthens. So think of uh, you know, Galatians 5. Uh, the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are not self-derived. They are God-produced. Jesus, in Matthew 7, um, you know, when speaking about... Uh, False teachers, namely, but he, he uh, you know, also says these telling words, and I, I think this could be applied, you know, to, uh, you know, to, to sinners as well in their lost condition, but sinners who, who also have been given new heart, new desires, um, new longings, and and the like, which are of God. He says that a bad tree bears good fruit, right? A bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree doesn't bear good fruit. A good tree doesn't bear bad fruit, right? Um, you know, thinking of that, well, how do we become good? Make the tree first good. And who does that? Christ. Right. He's divine. Yeah. I always kind of understood that, you know, all the phrases that Paul speaks of with regards to justification Yeah. is that... It is faith that justifies us before God, mm-hmm. which of course He gives us. Yeah. You know, but with regards to what James is talking about, is that it is faith producing good works right. justifies us in the eyes of men. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's the difference, because that's what Jesus says: Let your light so shine before men right. that they may see your good works yeah. or by your Father. In heaven. Right. So it's. You know who's the audience here? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's our believing faith in Jesus that justifies us before God. Right. But before my fellow man, mm-hmm. well, how yeah. do they tell? You know, yeah. how do they see my faith? So that word justification has different uses. Well. Right. I mean, that's. It depends on on the focus. Yeah. When we talk about your God mm-hmm. or or my fellow yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. And and in James. Um, I think he begins that chapter, you know, by saying if 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 someone who's needy comes into your fellowship, and you say you know go and get some food, but you don't help them, you know, it doesn't benefit them. 
you know, and, and what does it do for those who are seeking help as well? Um, that, that James doesn't get into that. Um, but, you know, if, if one has the means to help and they don't, what does that say about the person's faith? Well, so it's an apple right. fruit, doesn't have apple. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, um, you know, with, with reference to Ecclesiastes, getting back to that, under the, the next question then, under Q1 on page 1, is how do these different pairings of events in life... So notice, um, you know, God gives the seasons for everything. God gives the times for every matter under heaven. Um, by the way, um, does everybody need, like, eight hours of sleep? Yes. <laughs> no. More. Some need more, right? Some, some need less. I mean, and again, it's not necessarily a blanket thing. Um, you've heard of this BMI counter? BMI, body mass index. Oh yeah. Um, you know that that's kind of a standard, um, but that doesn't take into account you know all the different factors in terms of a, in, in terms of the body makeup, right? Um, and and not only that, but also the person's lifestyle too. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, that that's another topic perhaps, but uh, but notice um, the the different seasons, the different times for every matter under heaven, which we read in Ecclesiastes 3, how do these different pairings, pairings like to be born, to be die, to die, to plant, to pick up or pluck up what is planted, to kill, to heal, to break down, to build up, etc. How do these different pairings of events in life help you to embrace whatever may come your way, whether planned or unexpected? Just got to remember, God's in charge. All this mess that's going on right now with the election and stuff. Yeah. You just got to remember that God is in charge of all of it, whether it's whether we think it's good or it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's in His hands, and, and we just need yeah. to trust that He knows what needs to be done because right. it's all happened before. Right. And and what what happens if what what happens if um, Events don't turn out the way we think they should. We still trust God because He's in charge. Because of God's promises. We, we know that, that God is certain, that God is sure, and we know that we rest uh, securely in His grace and favor because of Jesus Christ who already died and who rose from the dead, never to die again. Okay. Um, so this is not saying that... Uh, you know, we're, we're not saying that just because things don't turn out the way we want them to, that doesn't mean that God is somehow not gracious and kind. Um, or, you know, even, you know, perhaps we can think of it this way too, when, when, when uh, you know, life happens, you've heard that phrase before, right? Yep. When life happens, that doesn't mean God is not for you. Maybe it's kind of a, a little tap on your shoulder um, to remind you that uh, the time is not your own. It's God's. Your life is not your own. It's God's. Yeah. As I read through Ecclesiastes 3, it actually reminds me of Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. And that when God created on the six days of creation, there was a separation of life. Mm-hmm. And there was a separation between land and sea. There's a separation of the waters above and below. And you go look at each day of creation, and there's a, an element of separation and division. Mm-hmm. And of course, in all this, he's creating time because it marks each day with the evening and the morning was the second day, third mm-hmm. day, etc. Yeah. I don't think any of us would love to pray for a tornado to hit our community. You know, if there's bad weather, we don't we don't pray, Lord, please send us disaster. Mm-hmm. We just don't pray that way. Mm-hmm. But disaster comes. Right. And just like with these hurricanes or these fires that we've seen in the news, mm-hmm. how many times in the aftermath of disaster do we hear the testimony, if I can use that word, of people that come out and they say, we pulled together. Mm-hmm. I met my neighbors for the first time. Church attendance increases. And... You know, it's like they see blessings in the midst mm-hmm. of, yeah. of of what nobody right. wants. <laughs> right. 
you know, the, the disaster comes, it goes, mm -hmm. but the people grow in their appreciation not only for, you know, who they are, what they have, but also an appreciation for the people around them like they never knew before. Mm -hmm. And it happens yeah. again and again. Right, yeah. So there's that dark and light. Right. And that's what I see in Ecclesiastes 3. So I yesterday uh, watched a, a music video, a new song I've never heard before, but it's country. And as we're talking about secular songs about religion and all I mean, it's not quoting the Bible or anything, but I'll just read it to you real quick. It's called Earth to God. Um, and the music video is showing all those disasters. It's showing all the quarantine. It's showing all of the uh, uh, the racist things. It's burning up everything and all of that BLM block going on. So they're showing all that. They're showing the wildfires, and the like earthquakes, everything like that. So that's going on in the video going in the background as he sings. Earth to God, come in, God. I know you are there hearing our prayers wherever you are. We need you to send your love down. Take away our pain. Uh, in your holy name, we ask this now. We need your light. We need your love to heal the world you made and save us in our darkest hour, like you just said, uh, with your amazing grace, earth to God. We're holding on to, <clears throat> we're holding on, but not for long. Can you pull us all close to the Holy Ghost and keep us strong? We need your light and we need your love to heal the world you made. Save us in this darkest hour with your amazing grace, first to God. Amen. So, yeah. And who was that by? John Rich, from Big and Rich, but he sings a solo. Yeah, just learned that yesterday. Yeah. Encouraging. Yeah. And and you know, one one of the interesting things too, you know, just just thinking about this, you know, we we pray for the Lord's deliverance. But we also recognize that deliverance may not come the way we expect it to. You know, so, you know, that hurricane, that tornado is coming or forecast. And we pray that it, that God would deter it, but he doesn't deter it all the time. Um, and I, I'm thinking of Christ in Gethsemane. What does he pray? To have the job removed from him. Yeah. But it was actually his father's will uh, for our sake, Right. Um, so, so you know, you, you've heard the phrase "Don't ask for patience," because, <laughs> right? I get it. Um, but, but I want to expand that. Be careful about praying. If you truly pray, "Thy will be done." Think about that. God, teach us. Another word for teach, or a synonym of teach, is discipline. You know, and uh, you know, how does God strengthen our faith by working it out? Give me patience, Lord, and hurry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah, and and then we want to add, according to your will, O Lord. You know, um, you know, please, you know, turn us from our sinful condition to 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 ask for what we want. You know, and move us to desire your will to be fully and completely done, even though it breaks my body even though it breaks my will. Because, uh, you know, think about these words um, of our Lord when he says, those who desire to come after me, let them deny themselves, take up their crosses and follow me. You know, and, and the context in which that was written from Matthew 16, or in Matthew's Gospel, you know, is, uh, is Peter um, denying Jesus that he would die. The way that he expressed that he would, and and Peter says, "Not so, Lord." And and Peter then, or then Jesus says to Peter, "Get behind me, Satan! For you do not have the things of God in mind, but the things of man." And immediately after that, then we get into this instruction by Jesus: "Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me." He's speaking to Peter. He's speaking to his disciples. He's also speaking to us. You know. Um, you know, so what we often see as bad, perhaps God is using it for our benefit. Even though we might not be able to see it and though we might struggle. You know, um, so, you know, even as I say this, I know we, we have to be careful. Sometimes when someone dies, for example, um, you know, some people will have this idea that it is comforting to say this, but I don't think it is. And that's say it was God's will. 
Is it God's will that anyone die? Um, now, now, it does happen. Um, but I, I think we have to be careful um, you know, to say what is God's will, what is not God's will, if it's not actually in Scripture. Because there is so much, and I'm thinking of Job right now. Um, Job's friends were saying, basically to Job, you deserve this. What you got to do is repent and things will get better. Things will turn around. They had no clue about what was really going on, and neither did Job either. Um, but, uh, you know, God permitted these things to happen to Job. Um, and God blessed Job afterwards. Um, but, uh, but recall the, the effect that God's word had on Job at the conclusion of his ordeal. God basically says, where were you when I created the earth? Who were you? And what could Job say except, I repent in dust and ashes? I have spoken of things that I don't know. You are God, I am not. You know, and, uh, you, know, you know, perhaps, um, you know, God uses what we face, what we encounter, even today in our society, to move us from, you know, self-sufficiency to complete dependency on our Lord for salvation. And by the way, salvation does not mean you'll get better. Salvation does not mean you'll feel better. Uh, salvation has to do with eternal death, right? Saved from eternal death. Forgiven of your sin. Peace with God. You know, which, which um, again, encompasses everything that we are about in this life. Peace with God means that that we are able now to use our time um, in God-pleasing ways. And that's something that we continue to fight with ourselves, right? You don't have to answer and say what you're dealing with. Um, But all of us are probably dealing with something with reference to time, with reference to, uh, you know, money, with reference to, you know, how we live our lives and and this and that, what we're struggling with. Um, But sanctification has to do with turning more and more to Christ and believing more firmly in Him. And by doing that, then the rest will follow. Because it has to do with faith. Faith in Christ. And, and so, you know, as, as, we, as we grow in this knowledge um, and in, uh, in God's grace, and, uh, you know, His salvation or salvation won by Christ Jesus, that changes then everything, how we look at things in life, how we look at the church, according to what God says, not according to what we think. Um, according to how we live our lives um, in service to others, according to our gifts and abilities, rather than, okay, what's in it for me, you know, kind of thing. You know, what does this individual need and the like. Um, reflect on this as we, we have a few moments still. Um, and this is from uh, the Lutheran Study Bible, which I actually happen to have, but there's a quote here for the leader's edition. Uh, the wise grass, the wise grasp the rhythms of life and live in agreement with them. Let me read that again. The wise grasp the rhythms of life and live in agreement with them. Any response? The wise grasp the rhythms of life, and the rhythms of life is perhaps expressed in Ecclesiastes 3, and live in agreement with them. What's that? I think sometimes that God just says stuff because he wants to say stuff. So you have no response? Well, my response is I don't necessarily agree with them, but, but I, I think sometimes we, we're trying to make we're trying to make reason out of something that we don't understand. Okay. Uh, so I think that's yeah. where faith comes right. in. So what what are we trying I, I guess just help me out here, what are we trying to understand then? Well, we're trying to understand God. He's not understandable. So we take what he says on faith. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, to me, this does make a lot of sense. But again, 
you're not understanding everything that God says in the Bible, and we're not going to understand everything that God says in the Bible. So let's just say, okay, we're not going to understand everything in the Bible. Okay, what he says right here, I believe. I don't understand it. I may not even get it. I believe it. What about what about if I said it this way, going with the flow? In the sense that what happens in life, you know, so you plan for this and then this happens instead of getting all uptight about it, which I know I do a lot of times, but maybe more of us do, you know, get uptight about it rather than doing that. Just saying, you know, um, you know, things are not maybe as I plan them to be, but they don't need to be. Because, you know, my life is not my own. I am his, and he is mine. Well, I think in learning and, and just admitting that God's got this. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So, turn it over to him and let him mm-hmm. take care of it. Yeah, mm-hmm, yep, yeah. Which is not easy to do. I thought I heard the word wise in there somewhere. In your quote? Yeah, it is. The wise grasp the rhythms of life. And live in agreement. I think the same writer of Ecclesiastes also wrote Proverbs where he said, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. And I think that encompasses yeah. a lot of what's just been said. Mm-hmm. You know, the fear of the Lord is, is an admission. He's got this, and there's a whole lot we don't got. Mm-hmm. And it's beyond yeah. us. And that's what right. Job confessed. Right. But the yeah. true wisdom is it begins with the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think Luther kind of built that right into each of the commandment explanations that we should fear, oh, and love God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Well, good stuff. We're we're out of time. Take these home, and uh, and there there's more to the study, of course. I mean, Ecclesiastes, as well as in Luke's gospel, where we have the account of Mary and Martha. Mary is sitting at the feet of the Lord, and Martha is saying, hey, Jesus, tell Mary to get busy with me, because there's lots to do. Um, so, so read that account and reflect on the, on the questions there. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, grant that we may wisely use our time to pursue whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable. And grant that we may use our leisure time to rebuild our bodies and renew our minds and so receive the goodness of your creation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.